Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 22. Is it bad? Sarah asked. This is a complete fabrication, Ariadne said, throwing the soft screen showing the latest press release down onto the table. Father can't possibly expect anyone to believe this. Too many people were involved. Newscasts are already full of the return of the machine. She pounded her fist onto the soft screen, sending crazy patterns spiralling over its surface. Give me the headlines, Sarah said, shaking the bedclothes down. She was obsessively tidying. They'd been cooped up inside too long, Ariadne knew, but she wasn't going to move until they had a firm plan. She picked up the screen again. They're saying it was a malfunction in one of the missiles, that the nuclear arsenal was so old that it only took one of them going off early to spark a chain reaction. General Slythe has agreed to take partial blame. That alone will probably cost him his seat on the council, but there's no mention of that here. There's truth mixed in. It says that the machine hasn't been detected within the orbit of Pluto and, as far as we know, is still outside our solar system. She looked up. They're not calling it genocide, of course, barely mentioning the scope of the attack at all. Father points out that there's plenty of other bases inhabited by Jovians and that this would have been a decisive blow that would serve as a prelude to a ceasefire and, it is to be hoped, a lasting peace. Then there's a bit about continuing the fight against the Jovian menace, but, to be honest, I don't know what he's hoping for. How do you mean? People are born hating the Jovians now because their parents do. It's gone on too long for anything more than smouldering resentment in most people, but without any real focus. The last couple of months things have heated up. That group that bombed the comm centre, the ones that brought unhatched Jovians with them. Now this. It's sparked new fear in people. And it's worse now that the troops have gone back down. They're taking massive losses, and it won't be long before it's being reported on. Ariadne got up and brushed biscuit crumbs off her lap, guiltily looking at the half-pack still lying on the table. She grabbed one more and chewed on it slowly, going to join Sarah. What choice has he got now, though? Sarah said, passing a small pile of neatly folded clothes to her. He's in a bind now. Can't kill them all, apparently. And now the fear is back, he can't say he wants to reopen peace negotiations, even if he wanted to. He's got to come up with a stronger weapon or just continue as he is now. She shrugged, shaking down the coverlet on the bed. I'd say he's losing the war. That's definitely how it looks. Here, let me help. Together, the two of them made the large double bed and set about tidying the kitchen. They worked in silence for a few minutes, but when Ariadne pulled on a pair of rubber gloves, Sarah tutted. What's wrong, Ariadne? You've been in a weird mood since yesterday. She reached over and picked up a tea towel. I just feel helpless, I guess, Ariadne said, shaking her head and picking up a plate from the pile. I'm used to doing stuff, mostly behind Dad's back, but he's the Emperor. Even I have to listen to him as much as I hate it. He's made it clear that the war's going to be resolved by force, more so now than ever. What can I do? Can't go out there, can't talk to the Jovians, can't use the Sykes now. They're useless until they come up with a way to get round that anti-Syke thing. What else is there? Some stupid state function here, probably. Something that involves me dressing in a too tight corset, pretending to be vapid just in case someone says something important. Daddy's little spy mistress. Ariadne, 
Sarah said softly, putting her hand on the princess's shoulder. I think that plate's clean. Her train of thought broken, Ariadne looked down. She had been scrubbing at a piece of delicate china with steel wool, the pattern half scoured off. She stared at it for a moment. How about we let the dishwasher do the rest, Sarah said, and you and I sit down with a cup of coffee. No, how about we solve a damn problem, Ariadne said, putting the plate down and grabbing another one. Those terrorists, we never heard who they were, right? Time we found out. Get me a soft screen, one of the big ones, and stick it up in front of me, please. Yes, Highness, Sarah said, scuttling over to the large table in the living room. And get that grin off your face, Ariadne said. Just because I'm doing your washing up, I'm still a princess, you know. Sarah brought one of the large screens back over, hardened it, and propped it up behind the fluted taps. It's just when you're sulking. Sulking? I never sulk. Yes, well, when you're doing whatever that was, you're a right pain in the arse to be around, Sarah said, keying the soft screen to voice activation. You're happiest when you're doing something, when you're making a difference. Well, I wouldn't want to be a burden on you, Ariadne said, her voice edged with sarcasm. It didn't help that Sarah was right. She could feel her motivation coming back as she forced herself to do something, anything, that might make a difference to someone, even if it was just the dishes. Okay, soft screen, Ariadne said, leaning forward slightly. Scan newscasts in the last two weeks. The terrorist attack at the London Communications Centre. Has anyone come forward to claim responsibility? The screen flickered as reports and headlines flashed across it. The limited AI that ran the palace's computer systems, carefully monitored by the same team that advised the Emperor on the machine, put up a message on the screen. No results found. Okay, soft screen. Have there been any similar attacks? Attacks on comm centres, attacks involving Jovians brought to Earth? There have been none of the second sort this year, Sarah chimed in. It was big enough news. The soft screen made a small pinging noise and its slightly robotic voice purred out of the tinny speakers. Two comm centre attacks. One eight years ago, one nine days ago. Seventeen attacks within Empire territories which have involved both humans and Jovians. List all seventeen attacks on the left and the two comm centres on the right. The list sprang into view and Ariadne frowned. The comm centre attack eight years ago. That was the group Jovians first. And three of the attacks involving joint action They've been attributed to Jovians first as well. Hardly damning evidence, though, Sarah said. Red Storm and the JAL, they're on there multiple times as well. Or it could be another group entirely, Ariadne said. A thought struck her, a memory that had been buried under her attempts to stop her father. Soft screen, highlight any terrorist groups that have demonstrated that they have a psych working for them. Jovians first blinked red. Sarah nodded. I remember, you said someone shielded them from the blast. But they haven't stepped forward, haven't claimed their notoriety, none of the attackers survived, and no Jovian's first member has ever broken under interrogation, which suggests they've got a psych mentally conditioning them. Ariadne peeled off her gloves and threw them onto the drying rack. They're trying to avoid being noticed for this. They might be planning something big. Come on. Where are we going? Sarah asked as she followed Ariadne towards the door. She caught the jacket that the princess threw at her, and by the time she had it on, they were out in the corridor. I remember what happened now, the last time a psych went crazy, Ariadne said. The PO take a very dim view of one of their own going off the rails. They found him, and the result wasn't pretty. Resisting arrest, they called it, but it was murder. So the last thing Jovian's first need is the PO going on a manhunt. 
especially if they've got an agenda beyond mindless violence. She looked at Sarah and grinned. We're going to find ourselves a tame psych, and then we're going to find ourselves some terrorists. You take me to all the best places, Sarah said, trying to hide her grin. You've been listening to chapter 22 of my novel, Noctis Point. I am always looking for people to collaborate with. If you're an author with short fiction you would like to hear on Pocket Fiction, please get in touch through the website, stevecookfiction.com.